Hello, Marvelites, who are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 485. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. I'm Lorraine. Ooh, I like that. What is, <laughs> what is that called when someone, the singer does that? Clamshell Opera? voice? Yeah. Aria? Yeah. A, a, sure. a run? A trill, if you will? Yeah, all of that. It's everything that we just said, because we are trained professional singer people. James right now is somewhere shaking his head. Just, ugh, no. He's like, why are you doing this? Why? I'm not even on the show. And he's so angry. We'll get to James in a little bit. He is our erstwhile co-host who is very, very busy. We are going to talk about all the things happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, what have you. It's been a busy, busy time. Before we even get to that, Lorraine, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been working on writing projects. I've been working on Marvel stuff. I mean, there's so much stuff now that we are off and running with Disney Plus. There's so much to do. How are you doing? I'm good. I am looking around my new office at the boxes and boxes and the clothing. and Ah, yes. Ryan is in the throes of move. Yeah. Uh, As I was telling you and our wonderful producers before we started, I have... I think it's about 55 long boxes full of Marvel, mostly Marvel, but there's some other trade paperbacks and collections, maybe one or two, three of just comic book issues. And then there's still boxes full of hardcovers and oversized things that didn't make it into long boxes full of comics. So that honestly stresses me out so badly because I can't lift any of my long boxes. Yeah. I have to ask my husband to do it. Mm-hmm. So enjoy that. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a grand old time. I actually love it. I am really looking forward to trying to find time to organize and alphabetize and catalog everything. It like scratches all these itches for my brain. So, uh, you know, I'm going through and I found someone who works at a library in New Jersey. I can give away a lot of these books too, which is going to make me really happy. They're going to go to kids. Um, so that's great. And I give away a bunch of toys for some kids recently. So getting stuff out there that I know is just, there's no point in having it. If it's just going to sit and I'm never going to want to go back to it, it should go to someone who really will enjoy it and get something out of it for the first time. But then I also like going through some of these boxes. I just, I ended up spending like 30 minutes last night, just flipping through an incredible Hulk epic collection, (laughs) trade paperback of Peter David stuff from the mid nineties. And I was like, I love this so much. It's going to take you approximately three years to go through everything that you have because you're going to read half of it on the way. You better believe it. (laughs) But all right, that's fine. That's all good. All right. We should get into some stuff because just this past weekend, something big was revealed. Yeah, there was apparently there was like a sport game that people were really into. Yeah, the local crumpet championships. Yeah, the Crumpet Championships, the Chips and Dip Bowl, apparently is what it's called. But during this sport, there is oftentimes some epic commercials. And of course, we got our first look at Marvel Studios, The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. I know that I was having a good old fashioned freak out. I went to go get a soda pop or something and I came back to the living room. And my husband was like, it's on, it's on. (laughs) (laughs) And so we had to, luckily we can rewind our television. So we rewound it and watched it in full, but I'm super jazzed for the series. What were some of your favorite parts of the trailer? I mean, you know, just the dynamic between Falcon and Winter Soldier is so terrific. And I like seeing the staring contest. Oh, the staring contest and and how that's going to play out. And 
the being on the train, that train sequence was really fun. You and I have I've gotten a, a little taste of it. And so I'm very excited to dive headfirst into all of this. But yeah, that trailer, Dynamite, if anybody hasn't seen it yet, please go check it out. Yeah, you can check it out on Marvel.com or the Marvel YouTube page. And of course, you can watch the series when it launches on Disney+. Plus. It kicks off March 19th. The show is directed by Kari Skoland with Malcolm Spellman as the head writer. And you're going to see a bunch of familiar faces in that trailer like Daniel Brohl as Zemo and Emily Van Kamp as Sharon Carter. There's going to be a little something for everybody, but you know... In betwixt, you get to enjoy the ending of Marvel Studios' WandaVision, and it's, oh. Oh, wow. Every episode is better. Every episode is more exciting. I just, every week I'm like, this is the best episode, and then the next week is the best episode, and that just continues to be a fact. It really is, and we both watched an episode that folks haven't seen yet, and we both have the same reaction of, why is this over? Why, why, Why are we not watching more right now? I love that basically every episode at this point has a wonderful cliffhanger, and I'm here for it. Yeah, it's tremendous. It's sweet, sweet pain. (laughs) (laughs) But hopefully everybody caught up on episode five. We will not talk about the spoiler, the big thing at the end. But please make sure you go check it out on Disney+. And once you've checked it out, we actually have some really cool stuff on Marvel.com about the episode. We've got Jack Schaefer, who's the head writer of the show, talking about the big spoiler thing and sort of like how how they did that and why they did that and how it kind of factors into that whole sitcom vibe of the series. It's so smart and so fun and so cool to really like learn about the behind the scenes stuff without getting exceptionally deep. You won't get spoiled for the future. If you're caught up on uh, through episode five of Marvel Studios WandaVision, definitely read this interview with Jack Schaefer on Marvel.com. And I also want to personally thank everyone listening to this podcast because people were pretty darn cool about not spoiling this episode. I really assumed that everyone, it would just be like splashed across the front page of every social media site. And people were really respectful, like putting it way down the line in their comment or whatever so that people wouldn't immediately see it off the top. So that is really appreciated. I think it's really cool that people are trying not to spoil. Yeah, I I know you and I got tagged in a tweet about it. And to whomever tagged us in a tweet or if you have about the spoiler, I am not going to engage with it because then if I engage with it, it'll pop up in someone else's feed. And I don't want to accidentally put that in front of someone who hasn't seen the show. So we're not trying to ignore you. We're just being Mm -hmm. extra careful. Yeah. One of the other things I love about the show is, you know, each week there is a new, unique opening credit sequence with a unique song. And they're written by Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez. They wrote the songs for Frozen and Frozen 2. (laughs) No Uh, big deal. No big deal. You know, two of the biggest animated features of all time and a song that parents will never, ever, ever forget. But I just think it's been so delightful to see those every week. And we have an interview with them talking about that process and and writing those songs. So you should definitely check it out. It's really interesting. Yeah. And think... mm. Mm, Yeah, I'm just going to leave it. Yeah, very exciting to hear them talk about this process stuff and and thinking about the entirety of the show and all these theme songs and not. Yes, their theme songs are incredible. And then you add on top of the skill and the craft that goes into when they go into the sitcom tropes and the ways that things are filmed. Mm -hmm. I, I, I lost it. I like I was like, this is so perfect. How do you even do this? It's so I mean. I just I love seeing every decade go by and how much thought has gone into everything. It is 
really, really delightful. And I'm I'm just really excited for people to continue to check out the following episodes. Yeah. That's all we'll say about That's that. That's all we'll say. <laughs> uh, but we do want to tell you about one more thing on Disney Plus because this week we've got the premiere of Marvel's Behind the Mask. It's our documentary about the behind the scenes of characters and creations. And it's really, really cool. And there's something cool on the Marvel Minute show, which uh, you're a part of. This week on the Marvel Minute, we have a very special exclusive clip with Joe Casada talking about the creation of Black Panther, you know, Marvel's Behind the Mask, really looks at the ties to the real world and things like the civil rights movement and how those different aspects of real life have tied into Marvel storytelling. So that's a really fabulous clip. You can check it out on marvel.com or, of course, the Marvel YouTube page. And you should watch Marvel's Behind the Mask when it premieres on Disney+. Plus. Probably about the time you're listening to this, this Friday, the 12th of February, and you should go watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then tweet to Harry Go who will never check his Twitter and tell him he and the team did a great job. All right, let's talk a little bit about mobile games because, of course, Marvel has a lot of mobile games. There's new characters added to a couple of our titles. We've got Marvel's Puzzle Quest, got Cyclops added to it. Cyclops. That he ding is dong. a heel. And I say that very lovingly. That's my personal opinion. That is not the opinion of my employers. But in my personal world, Cyclops is... The worst guy. And I know for a lot of people, that's their dude. Langston Belton, our good mm -hmm, friend, mm -hmm. loves him some Cyclops. But I find him to be a jerk. So if you want to go over there and be like, wham, my laser eyes, go play it on Marvel's Puzzle Quest. <laughs> Optic Blast. Optic Blast. Optic, Optic Blast. Blast. I am looking at a, a Marvel superheroes arcade cabinet as I'm filming this. And so it also has X-Men Children of the Atom. And I just... All I can hear is Cyclops going optic blast from those Capcom games. But let's move over to Marvel's Contest of Champions because Psycho Man, I, you have to say it like the Psycho Man, he comes to Marvel Contest of Champions this week. Yeah, he's got a cool power. He uses his control box to crush his opponent's <laughs> spirits and their physical bodies. And it's really cool because he kind of like powers up really big and then like smooshes them. And then also makes them feel bad about themselves. So, like, deal with it. <laughs> He's such a classic Fantastic Four villain. But that power set, especially as you explain it like that, is so 2020 that, like, it's so the vibe is kind of too real and too relevant and terrifying. I know. Do you want to feel sad? You psycho man. <laughs> oh, wait. No, no, no. He makes your opponents feel sad. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's a good thing, probably. For you. But then, man, you are just the worst. You're just like, you stink. And then they just go, oh. Yeah, you're right. I do. Bye. <laughs> crawl up into a ball. I wish that it would be great if you could take Psycho Man and go against Cyclops and just just completely berate oh, no, Cyclops. Oh, no, optic blast. I'm so sad. <laughs> Oh, nobody likes Cyclops. <laughs> I like this version. You should try out for whatever. <laughs> we should do something with Cyclops. So you have to do the VO for it. Where he's a small girl. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's go over to comic books because it's starting to be about that time when we announce brand new comics coming out in May. 
of 2021. Things are starting to roll out. You can see it on the Marvel social feeds. You can see it on Marvel.com. I know we got to hear about Fantastic Four Life Story, which is written by Mark Russell, who's done a whole bunch of cool stuff. I think this one's going to pop for him here at Marvel. It's drawn by Sean Isaacs, who I absolutely love. Sean is wonderful. Great, great art on Fantastic Four and Avengers No Road Home. And this is, you know, if you read Spider-Man Life Story by Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley, this is very much in that same vein. It will tell the entire history of the Fantastic Four from the beginning to the end, but like set against key events of the decades through which their stories were published. So it'll start in the 60s, you go to the 70s, and there will be a time gap and things will have moved along, but it'll take elements and twist it around. It's Really cool. It's like a really fun way to do a what if story or something that like the distinguished competition would do their Elseworlds. It was something I loved as a kid. So I really, really dig these life stories. Yeah. And I mean, I really give kudos because you have to know so much about the entire canon of that team to do those stories. I mean, I just kudos on the work that I'm sure Mark Russell has been putting into telling these stories because it's a whole lot. Heck yeah. There were also a whole bunch of other May teases out in the world. I'm particularly really excited about the Heroes Reborn trading card variants that are coming our way. Obviously, Heroes Reborn is going to be a big deal coming up in the following months. And everybody loves a trading card variant. I mean, come on. Yeah, they're terrific. At some point in my unpacking, I'm going to come across all my Marvel early 1990s Impel trading cards. So I have the first three sets completely in binders. And I'm just looking forward to finding those bad boys and having them out as just like nostalgic reference points for Mm -hmm. different things. All right. So May, we've saw a teaser for Defenders. We got to see some cool stuff that's happening between X-Men and X-Factor. There's a a really cool cover for Marauders that was released. Maybe some teasers about the Guardians. New announcement for an Immortal Hulk book and plenty more. Uh, You can go to marvel.com to see all this stuff. Of course, if you're following the Marvel social pages, it'll be up there as well. All right, Lorraine, something awesome that got announced this week is the voice cast for the Disney Channel series, Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yeah, it's so cute. I highly recommend everybody go over and check out the art for it. It's got almost kind of like a Scotty Young-ish feel, kind of really bright and vibrant and kind of young style, which is really cool. This cast is phenomenal. There's actress and singer Diamond White, who some of you guys might remember from X Factor. She's adorable, although she's a lot more grown up now, probably. I think she was about 12 when she was on X Factor. What is X Factor? It's a singing competition show. I was like... Or like a performing competition show. I got show. very confused thinking that we did an X Factor TV show th- or movie that <laughs> no, I completely missed. No, not our X Factor. <laughs> not okay. our X Factor. Great. A different kind of X Factor. Okay. But then there's a ton of great people that are in the cast. A Marvel alum, Alfre Woodard, who was in Marvel's Luke Cage, is going to play Lunella's grandmother. We have Sashir Zameda from SNL playing Lunella's mom. We have Libby Bearer as her... BFF. Her father is going to be played by Jermaine Fowler. Uh, And I love this Fred Tatashor, who some of you guys might know from Marvel's Avengers Assemble. He, I believe, plays, he's played a bunch of characters, but most notably he voices the Hulk. He's got that big booming voice and he's going to be playing Devil Dinosaur, which I'm really excited for. Also, this is wild. Lawrence Fishburne is going to be a series executive producer and he's going to be voicing the Beyonder. I love that. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. 
it's going to be great. I'm very much looking forward to this and get all the, the details about it. And if you've read the comics, you know, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, it's set in the Lower East Side. And Lunella is a super genius and she's got Devil Dinosaurs, her partner in fun and protection and heroing. And it's just... This sounds amazing. I'm super looking forward to it for when it premieres in 2022, because by that point, Catherine Grace will be, you know, about three years old and it'll be on, you know, she can really start to sink her teeth into something like this. It's going to be grand. Yeah, look out for that coming to the Disney Channel. Also, Ryan, you've been a very busy guy. I know you've been preparing for something special and they just announced it. What are you up to? Yeah, so we're doing this Deadpool Nerdy 30 live virtual event on February 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern. This is really cool. I'm going to be hosting it. We're doing this like one-of-a-kind live virtual event to celebrate the 30 years of Deadpool. And we're, we're kind of using Marvel Unlimited to gather a bunch of really amazing creators from across all the decades that Deadpool's been around to tell you guys about the inside stories, answer some questions, tell some little fun tales, maybe show off some cool stuff. So if you want to attend this, it is free for Marvel Unlimited Plus members, which is Awesome. That is a great bonus thing that I'm very glad we're doing. Uh, we used to do those Marvel Limited Plus events at conventions, so this is a cool way for us to kind of keep that going. If you are not a Marvel Unlimited Plus member, you can join Marvel Unlimited Plus by February 25th to attend for free. So you can sign up for Marvel Limited Plus, get the, the box, the subscription to MU, you get all the, the toy and the goodies and the exclusives, plus you can come to this event for free. There will also be a limited number of tickets available to purchase for non-members for 20 bucks a ticket. But look, come on, you know, just get the whole MU plus deal. I mean, it's like, it's, yeah. You might as well. It's you might a, as well. a deal. Yeah. You know? You can join Marvel Limited Plus by going to marvel.com slash mu dash nerdy t-h-i-r-t-y so that's marvel.com slash mu dash nerdy 30 there'll be a way to reserve your tickets and do all that stuff stay tuned for more information about all that some of the guests who are going to be on the live stream with me include fabian nicieza ed mcginnis joe kelly gail simone daniel way jerry duggan brian posein mike hawthorne and rob liefeld himself so look it's going to be a hoot and a holler there's going to be plenty of ways for you to join, but best way to do it, sign up for Marvel Unlimited Plus right now and get ready for this. Yeah, go check it out. Go watch Ryan. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, there's a show that I'm on that has this a new week episode. In Marvel? This Week in Marvel? Are you talking about This Week in Marvel? Because uh, I'm on that show too. Oh, wait. Uh, this is a different show. Oh. It's okay, though, that, you know, sometimes we do stuff apart and that's, that's okay. That's fine. And and that means that I miss you desperately, but like it's good for us to have separate activities. You this know? is true. This is okay. True. So a new episode of Marvel's Declassified is out this week, and I'm really excited about it. It is all about the Spider Verse secrets revealed, and it's just like a really interesting story to me because before I started working on this series, I didn't know a lot about this, but it's going to introduce a lesser known story about how Spider-Man comics came to Mexico and diverged into their own timeline because they didn't want to let Gwen Stacy die. They're crazy. I remember th someone had them mm -hmm. in the office a couple years ago and I was flipping through them and just 
knowing that this exists, it's like a thing that I forgot about. And when I was looking at it now, I was like, holy smokes, I remember these. It's it's wild. It's a really crazy story. So I hope you guys will check it out. You can listen to it on the SiriusXM app and desktop player. Here is a conversation with Chris Rial from IDW, who was the first person to really bring this story into the mainstream. A few years ago, Chris Ryall, a comic writer and president of comic book publisher IDW, stumbled upon a book he'd never seen before. Yeah, well, the way I first came about, you know, learning about this in the first place was through Twitter. Um, I just threw up this kind of innocuous question asking people what popular or favorite comic series of theirs had never been collected into trade paperback or any kind of collection. So he types out his tweet and hits post. Replies start coming in. People were suggesting these series here and there, things that, you know, came and went and didn't really sell well enough to justify bringing back. But nothing very interesting until one reply catches Chris's eye. And then somebody mentioned the fact that there were 45 issues of a Spider-Man strip that were published in Mexico that diverged from the American reprints that they'd been doing, um, had never been collected. And as, as the person that called them out on Twitter mentioned, uh, Peter Parker and Gwen not only survived, but that they got married. Only a handful of comic book fans outside of Mexico even knew these comics existed. Come on, if you were in Chris's position, you'd go down that rabbit hole too. And that's exactly what he did. It's hard to get a piece of comic lore out there in a way that nobody's ever really heard of. And so I was captivated by it. And I'm like, I got to look into this thing a bit more. Wow, that's fascinating. You know, there are such hardcore, smart fans out there. And it's really, really rare at this point in the internet era to find a piece of comic lore, as Chris put it, that is yet to be unearthed. So my question is, how does this thing stay a secret until now? Yeah, it was so interesting to me because it was just a thing that we'd never seen, never seen it collected, never really heard about it. And but it just never really broke through in a way until I think the advent of social media got us all spreading the word and everybody was coming through with their own details or what they knew. And so it, it allowed us to really dig into the details and much more thoroughly. As Chris dove headfirst into this mystery, he discovered three things. Number one, the Spider-Man comics rumored to depart from the American storylines. They were real. Created and printed by a Mexican newspaper called La Prensa, who was the Mexican publisher at the time. Um, they started publishing Spider-Man reprints at issue three of the American comic release. Oh, right. Because back in the day, Marvel didn't translate their comics into other languages. Marvel made deals with foreign publishers who would then be authorized to reprint, recreate, and republish Marvel comics locally and in their own native language. And in the 1960s, Mexico jumped on that comic book bandwagon early. They loved themselves some superhero drama. So, La Prensa is making Spanish-language comics based on our U.S. source material. Exactly. La Prensa had a deal with Marvel to turn The Amazing Spider-Man into... El Sorprendente Hombre Araña. A-plus for commitment, Evan. Thanks, I tried. The second thing Chris learned about these rare, fabled books is that they were made by two local comics creators, scripted by writer Raul Martinez-Gonzalez and drawn by... Relatively new artist at the time named uh, Jose Luis Duran. And the third thing Chris learned was... Jose Luis Duran. He's still living in Mexico. And I am happy to report that our Never Say Die team here at Declassified went out and tracked down the man at the center of this whole thing. And we get to hear this story in his own words. 
the man who said nuh-uh to the death of Gwen Stacy. Very cool, Lorraine. Definitely, everybody, go check that out. Listen to Marvel's Declassified on the SiriusXM app and desktop player. We've heard from a bunch of our listeners who have jumped over and checked out Marvel's Declassified, The Marvel Method, are listening to our shows a day early on SiriusXM. So thank you for letting us talk about it and then taking the plunge and going in and enjoying it. You know, we were talking about Wanda and Vision earlier. There are some great Wanda and Vision stories on Marvel Unlimited that... I think everybody should check out. Yeah. We've got a bunch of solo series and different things and miniseries and stuff with them. And we've got a lot of great reading lists for them. You can check them all out on Marvel Unlimited and you can get 50% off your first month. It's, of course, the best, most perfect way to read your favorite Marvel stories because the library grows every single week with over 28,000 digital comics, new and classic issues added weekly. Yeah. Just go to marvel.com slash save 50, the number Five zero, and use the code Avengers twenty one. That's A V E N G E R S two one at checkout, and you can get your first month for only four ninety nine. Obviously, automatic renewal and other terms apply. Go check it out over there, or you can just see everything going on with Marvel Unlimited at marvel.com slash unlimited. When you are going to marvel.com to check out Marvel Unlimited, maybe you should go on over to marvel.com slash insider because we're running a really cool sweepstakes right now. It's the Marvel Insider Drawn into X-Men Hellfire Gala Sweepstakes. sweepstakes. It's <laughs> You like that? I did. That was that wasn't even me. That was just an effect that wow. my computer microphone has. The production here, yeah, at this week at Marvel is off the charts, stellar. But this is really really cool. You can be a part of Marvel's first annual Hellfire Gala that's coming to the comics this summer. You can stand alongside some of your favorite mutants by entering the Marvel Insider Drawn into X Men Hellfire Gala sweepstakes. Yeah, so basically now until February fourteenth at eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern time. If you are a part of Marvel Insider, you are eligible to enter into the Marvel Insider drawn into X-Men Hellfire Gala sweepstakes. So for a chance to attend you and AKA get drawn into a comic issue of the X-Men in June, you can enter Marvel Insiders. You just log into your account at marvel.com. You redeem 2,500 points for a chance to win. And the winner will be notified later this month. You know the deal, no purchase necessary. Sweepstakes are open to legal residents of the United States 18 and older. You can see all the rules and terms over at marvel.com slash insider slash FAQ. Yeah, and the the gala is going to be amazing. I've heard a lot mm-hmm. about it from the creators and from the editors. Part of the gala is the the results from that first X-Men election, the first one that we've ever mm-hmm. done, along with the full new X-Men team. That'll be unveiled during the Hellfire Gala in Marvel Comics this June, so you could be part of this historic thing if you are able to win the sweepstakes. So you don't want to miss out on this, of course, as Lorraine said, no purchase necessary. Sweepstakes open to legal residents of the United States 18 and older and who are members of Marvel Insider at the time of entry. Void where prohibited. Sweepstakes begin at 9 a.m. Eastern on February 3rd, 2021, and ends at 11.59 p.m. Eastern on February 14th, 2021. Again, go to marvel.com slash insider slash FAQ for more details. Yeah, I mean, how cool to be drawn into a Marvel comic, especially something as cool as the Hellfire Gala. I mean, that's going to be awesome. I got to make sure we're getting drawn into it. Me, you, and James. I was going to say it, but I then said, I... I said it. Look, I got no shame. This is who I am. All right. Well, that's everything happening this week in Marvel, but we're not done yet. Mm -mm. We've got more. 
Yeah, our interview this week is with Lecrae. I wasn't able to be a part of this interview, unfortunately. So tell me a little bit about it before we dive in. Well, Lecrae is, of course, an awesome musician. He is twice nominated for Grammys this year. So he's been doing a lot of amazing stuff. And you can hear his songs on the Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales soundtrack. You have probably been rocking out to them already if you've been playing that game. There's one towards the beginning and there's one towards the end. You guys know the ones. We talk a little bit about how this is his second appearance on This Week in Marvel. He is a returning guest. We have some great chat about his kid getting to play the Miles Morales game and hearing his dad's music, which is very fun. Oh, that's great. All right. Let's hear that interview right now. Lecrae, welcome back to This Week in Marvel. We haven't had you on in four years, if you can believe that. That's crazy. <laughs> we have a lot to catch up on, though, but I want I want everybody to get to know you. So what is your Marvel origin story? How were you introduced to the Marvel Universe? Oh, man, I was introduced to the Marvel Universe as a kid. My cousin started passing me down his comic books that he didn't want anymore. And so I started diving into the comic books and then I just became a fan. I started reading Spider-Man comic books like nobody's business. And then I started collecting them, you know, and it was like on the hunt, you know, I needed the Hulk, you know, this, you know, so it just turned into a whole, a whole thing. I don't, I don't collect the comic books anymore, but I collect like the action figures. And, oh. all right, I'm out. I got pop figures. I got all <gasps> kind of little stuff. You know what I mean? I'm, it's pretty bad. The hype got bad. I had to slow down. It, it's real. I, I struggled with that a lot because I've got behind this big piece of foam, I have a whole wall of toys and things, and it's just, you fall in deep. Uh, what's your favorite pop that you've got? Ooh. Um, oh, gotta be my Guardians of the Galaxy collection, right? Like, I have all of the the characters, my group, and just, yeah, so that's probably, that's probably my little favorite little thing I have. Just because I couldn't find them all, so it was taking me a while to get them, and that felt felt good to like, oh, I found it. I was like in Maine somewhere and found the last little piece of that one. So I know it's the thrill of the hunt, man. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. was (laughs) Nowadays, I know you love some Spider-Man because we talked about it before in 2017 with my my old work cohort, Blake Garris. But uh, do you have a favorite Marvel comic or a favorite Marvel movie nowadays? It's going to be like off the beaten path, like people would not expect it. I mean, obviously, I love everything, but um, my favorite one is Doctor Strange. Really? People are like, what? Doctor Strange? But yeah, I just, I don't know. I loved it. I loved the movie. It was a character that I just felt like, wow, it got me more into, and I just felt like they did a good job. So I enjoyed Doctor Strange. Yeah. Probably the, like, inception, going through portals. That's probably what it was. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange does have, like, the craziest graphics. Like, when I saw it in theaters, didn't you have your mind bent by that? Like, yeah. just literally turned upside down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It was the, 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 the twist that turns the portals, the origin, you know, the, like, if you if you start with, like, origin stories of somebody in the mountains of Nepal or something, I'm, like, already in. I'm just like, oh, this is great. I love this. <laughs> popcorn, popcorn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. 
So you have a big love for Spider-Man. I know growing up, what what was your reaction when they asked you to work on Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales soundtrack? Are you serious right now? I was <laughs> like, I was over the moon. Like I was like, I was like, no, this isn't real. You know, it's like you do a lot of cool things as a, as an artist and entertainer, but then there's like certain things when your worlds collide and it's just kind of like, are you serious right now? Like my MCU world is colliding with my music world. And it was just like, this is amazing. So uh, to me, it was just a super awesome experience. I knew it was going to be great. Uh, my son is like an even bigger Marvel fan than I am. I remember when I brought him to Marvel, he, like he mesmerized everyone in the office because he knew almost all the, he knew more characters than anybody else in there. And uh, so that was a big deal for him too. Oh, that's so that's so nice. It's so fun to to share your your you know your fandom and the stuff that you loved with a, as a kid with your kid. Oh man, yeah, he's just like me too. He's like he collects all the pop characters, all the icons, and so he's got his. He's a big he's big on Black Panther. That was like his thing, and uh, yeah, so it's it's been cool to see him uh, latch on. That's awesome. Um, now I I heard we have something cool to announce that is coming out on February 19th. Well, you know, I don't, I don't, you, you want to, you, if you want to leak that, you can go ahead. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> leak it. A, a little bird told me, or a little spider told me that Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales vinyl soundtrack is coming out February 19th. I was going to keep it to myself, but if you want <laughs> to be in, in the whole wide world, it's fine. You know, I, I, I did get to contribute to that soundtrack and uh, vinyl is uh, always a super collectible. I have my record player sitting right here, as a matter of fact, so I can't wait to add that to the collection as well. But yeah, you got to make sure you go out and support that. Go get it. Yeah. Um, I love a record. It's kind of like when you read a real book and it's got that book smell. It's like vinyl. It's got that good texture. Yeah. I'm excited about that. You know, just the soundtrack is great. Obviously, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, the fact that that's coming out, you got the, the singles on there you know, where we come from. And this is my time, um, which I was excited to create the craft. And uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I was excited for the soundtrack in general, but just to have the physical piece uh, is is very special. So, you know, come on February 19th, let's do it. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about those songs. How did they come about? Was, did Marvel Games reach out to you? Did you have songs that you were working on? What was sort of the process with that? Yeah, Marvel reached out. You know, I was really kind of blown away. I mean, obviously, you know, there was a mutual respect and and uh, and kinship uh, there. So I was, you know, more than willing to be a part of it. And when I got the phone call, I was like, uh, "Yes, absolutely, done. <laughs> like no question, like done." Um, and then, you know, uh, the tough part was that, you know, we we're in a whole pandemic during that time period. And so it was like hard to, uh, I had to do everything myself because at that point in time, I couldn't go into the studio. So uh, my engineer had me ordering parts to build a studio in my basement. So all those songs were, those songs were recorded in my basement and I had to record myself. I'm like, I'm zooming and FaceTiming my engineer and then I'm like giving him control of my computer. So he's like, taking over my computer. It was the most cumbersome process and just like, but it was totally worth it in the end. It was crazy to get it done, but it was so worth it. And then being able to get, like I was really geeking out because I got to get kind of the, you know, before the game was completed, those scenes were sent to me 
And it was like, I got to like craft the music around those scenes and like actually see everything happening. And so it was like a dream come true for me. It was too much. Whoa. You, so you were kind of almost like scoring a movie in a That's way. That's exactly what it was like. That is exactly what it was like. It was like scoring a movie. It was like, okay, so what's happening here? Okay, this is like, he's he's figuring out that this is his time to, you know, really walk into his role as Miles Morales, as, as Spider-Man. And so, you know, I'm like, he's walking through the streets. Okay, so we're going to talk about this. And all right, this is what's going on in his world at this time. So it really was like a whole all-intensive scoring kind of process. Yeah, Um this is my time too. It's such like an amp me up song. You yeah. know, when you hear it and when when the game is going, it's like, ooh, yeah, you know, you're just like jazzed to be to be doing it. Um, when you're when you're scoring that, and, and obviously you have this wonderful sort of visual stimuli to to inspire you, but do you start thinking in lyrics first or do you think in melody first? Well, some of it was lyrics because it was kind of like what needs to be said but then you know working with boy wonder on the production there was already kind of like a sound bed so you're trying to figure out okay what kind of melody will fit over this and and what kind of attitude you know do you want to give off with this particular you know song uh, i was just kind of trying to combine it all together and i think i probably went with the melody i had a couple little lines in my mind but then I went with the melody. And then after that, it, the rest was history. Like, I feel so good after I listen to that song. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, where, wherever it may be, like, if you came from, you know, even if you came from, like, the sticks on a farm somewhere and you got to the big city and it's like, oh, we did it. Or, you know, you come from a rough part of the city, but it's like you overcame all those obstacles. And that's really the thought process is like overcoming the obstacles, obviously, you know. Miles has to deal with all the obstacles of just being in his environment. But then it's like, you know, uh, believing in himself and other people believing in him and all those particular things come into play. So that was just a big part of it. And that that part of the song is actually your other song, Where We Came From. Was there a certain part of the, the game or or a certain part of yourself that you were like, you know, just really trying to bring into that song? Yeah, it's definitely like a mixture. Um, I mean, I'm always drawn from my own life when I add music, add the lyrics to it. I mean, obviously, you know, just knowing the whole story, which is a phenomenal addition to the Marvel universe as well. But just knowing the story and, and there's so many relatable moments and pieces, you know, my story is really similar in some ways as well, just trying to overcome these obstacles. And so, yeah, I just had some pieces where I wanted to incorporate those into the song uh, so people could say, okay, you know, I, I relate to this. Because when you're drawn from real life, it just makes it more relatable. And so, of course, I, I drew from my own life and put it in the song too. So what about young you and young Miles? You know, where, where's the overlap? What What's similar? Oh, man. I mean, you know, both of us found out that we have mutant powers, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah? early on. So, yeah, I just, I don't, this is exclusive. I don't tell people about this <laughs> uh, often, but I'm telling you all because, you know, this is special. I'll, I'll reveal it to the world later. You've probably seen a lot of crime solved over the course of the last 15 years. That's, that's this, this guy. guy. Right? Can't right. tell you how I did it just yet, but no, uh, but sincerely, <laughs> you know, Miles is is fighting to be who he is told he can be 
But then he's got these outside pressures that have desires and demands for his life as well. And so it's like, you want your folks to understand that this is like, listen, I'm moving in this direction and this is what I feel like I need to be doing. And they don't always understand and they don't all, and they don't fully get it. And to a degree, you know, obviously his folks don't fully get it because they can't, they're not allowed to. But, but even with me as an artist, it was like, you know, I remember my mom being like, so you're going to do what? Do you have a backup plan or what is this whole thing you're going to do? And it's like, listen, I really feel like, you know, music is in the arts. Is, this is my superpower. This is where I feel like I belong and what I need to do. And it's just not the traditional route. It's like, you know, you need to, you know, find another way to overcome the obstacles and, and you know, get a job in a different capacity. And you're shooting for the pipe dream. But it's really what I felt like I was I was made to do. And uh and then, you know, you you work at it and eventually you learn how to swing off the buildings. You take some time, but you you figure it out. And that's that's kind of how it was for me. Yeah, with great power must also come great responsibility and all of that good jazz, right? For sure. Um so now that the game is out in the world, have you gotten to play it at all? <laughs> have I? Have okay. I? Are you are you a big gamer? Do you like to play video games? I do. I do. I don't play as much as I'd like to just because I, I get busy and get caught up in stuff. You know, obviously my son, who's nine now, he hogs up the PS5. <laughs> you know, he's he's playing it. And it was cool, you know, for us. to We all experienced it together. I, I played it and they watched me look ridiculous because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, first time playing the game, so I'm just trying to like, I'm figuring it out as I go along. But it was just cool to hear. I'm glad the, the game started off with the song because then I it would have took me forever to actually get to the part where, you know, I could hear the the uh, the other song in there because it's like I had to to beat some characters. You know, it's like, oh man, I gotta beat Rhino, man. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I've died already <laughs> swinging off the building. And then it's funny because my son is nine and he just jumps on there and he's just like, he just destroys, he takes off and, and kills it. And I'm just like, how? I don't understand something, you know, but uh, but yeah, it was really cool just to be able to play the game and to hear the music in it. Does does he recognize like, oh, hey, my my dad's on the track? <laughs> yeah, what's kind of crazy is like he was so into the game that it it was like I felt I was like, are you serious right now? Like that's me. Do you hear me in the? Song? He's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I hear you. That's cool. I'm dad. playing, yeah. Dad. Right. That's exactly what it's like. It's like, are you serious right now? This is a moment. And it's like, yeah, yeah, cool. I got to get to the next moment. Uh, but no, he did. I mean, afterward, it's like, wow, that's kind of cool. Um, I think it's kind. We're kind of in a weird place where it's like, so many amazing things to me have happened, and this is like the life he's always known. So it's like, for him, it's like, well, doesn't every kid just get a tour of Marvel? Isn't, isn't that how it works? Isn't every kid get to hear their dad on the video game? It's like, no, son, that's not normal. But <laughs> Normal for you, know. you, but not for, for most. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, you joked earlier that you're a superhero and I'm not trying to blow up your spot or like let the cat out of the bag, but I do know you do some heroic stuff in real life. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the stuff you've been doing, you know, in Atlanta's West Side and and a lot of other places too? I mean, I've seen quite a list of the stuff you've been up to. You've been keeping busy. 
you know, for me, I always feel so fortunate to be able to be in a position that I'm in. And I know that there's lots of people who don't have the same opportunities and have access. And so I always want to use what I have to serve and to help other people. You know, when the pandemic hit, of course, I was like thinking through like, all right, if this is making me feel scared or nervous, how do the most vulnerable people in society feel? You know, people who are or have no homes or people who, you know, may be incarcerated and they don't have access to masks and different things like that. So for the homeless community, I got with a good friend of mine um, in Atlanta, uh, Terrence Lester, and he had a brilliant idea to put um, hand washing stations around the city for the homeless population to sanitize their hands because every place was closed at that time. Like you couldn't go into like a convenience store. Everything was closed. And so they were just as scared as everyone else was. And so uh, we partnered and was able to put, you know, hundreds of hand washing stations in Atlanta and then even in other cities around the country, which is awesome. And it was a blessing for them. And then, you know, just moving forward and making sure that prisons had, you know, kits to to, uh, masks, face masks and different things like that, that uh, would help them stay protected. And then, of course, you know, the, the most vulnerable people are the kids. I'm always trying to invest in the kids and thinking thinking through like, okay, what can we do? And there's on the west side of Atlanta is a community that hasn't had a school in 20 years. So it's been awesome to, to just partner with that community, have a school built and some housing in that community as well that, you know, provides a different environment. And that's been awesome to see happen. Man, what an inspiration. That's that's just awesome. Like, I, I think it's so cool, you know, in this time when I think a lot of people are are pretty frozen sometimes because it is a scary time. You know, it's it's really awesome uh, to to see you you know take action, and I think you can be a role model for for all of us. Not all heroes got to wear capes. <laughs> I will take some mutant powers though if they if they're giving right. those out. I'd yeah. love some. <laughs> I I know a guy. I'll put in a good word, but you know uh, I'm I'm curious. I I just I love your music. It's it's really phenomenal. What is your creative process like on your albums and things? Where do you find your biggest inspirations? For me, it's really like being around everyday people, you know, it's because a lot of times, um, I, and I heard Adele say this, and it was so true and so good. Uh, she said, I'll, I never want to write from like my ivory tower disconnected from the average everyday person because they can't relate to that. Like, you know, everyone's not at celebrity parties and hanging out, you know, at the beach, you know, that's just not everyone's life. And so, you know, most people are riding a train and and struggling and working jobs, long hours or students in school and trying to figure out what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. And so just giving them some inspiration, I always try to write a soundtrack to people's real lives. And so for every day of the week, I want there to be a song on my album for you. You know, obviously Monday, Tuesday, Monday through Thursday is like, oh my gosh, this is just tough. And I want some songs that connect to you in a real way that help you get through those tough days. And then of course on the weekend, you want to have some fun. Let's make some fun music. You know, let's make some thought provoking music, music that inspires you, that ignites you. And so I want to create from all those places. And so a lot of times I just want to be connected to, you know, 
the average everyday person because they need a song that speaks to them. And uh, that, that, that means a lot to me and inspires me. Yeah, well, speaking of days of the week, congrats are in order because I know Sunday morning uh, <laughs> is up for a Grammy as well as um, Come Together. You know, that's huge, two Grammy noms. Um, what what was your reaction when you got the news? I was kind of like, listen, the years, like I'm on the <laughs> Spider-Man, Miles Morales game. Okay, what are we doing? Like, slow down. The year's going too crazy right now. Uh, so... It really was just overwhelmingly awesome um, just for all that to be happening. I, I really was blown away. Um, yeah, like you said, I guess I gave people enough inspiration uh, Monday through Saturday. That Sunday morning uh, <laughs> was the one that did it. Uh, so for me, it's just been a it's been, you know, it's always bittersweet. It's a tough time for the world. But at the same time, there's some always some moments that you can that you can highlight to say, man, um, even in the tough times, there's just these moments that we can kind of camp out on and appreciate. Yeah. As my therapist says, take a moment to absorb the good things every day. Mm, I like that. You know? And shout out to the therapist. All right. I'm all right? about therapy. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, <laughs> everybody needs somebody to talk to, in my opinion. Man, I'm telling you, we all do. Yeah. Um, But now I have to ask the most important question of today if you were to do a whole album based on any one Marvel character of all time, which one would you choose and why? Mm, that's good. I feel like Beast would be. Ooh. And, yeah. And, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, sometimes what you see on the outside is not an accurate picture of all of who we are, right? It's like there's more than meets the eye. And I think he's a perfect example of that. He's a perfect example of someone who the world may look at and have these assumptions and pr pr presumptions about, but there's so much more to him than you just would even be able to understand or imagine. And there's a brilliance and there's a, there's a just a, a greatness. Um, and it's not just because he's got brute strength or anything like that. It's, 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 it's hit his mind. And, uh, and I asked what I, I think I would do, because I think all of us are like that in a way, like everyone has ideas about who we are, um, but there's a greatness inside of us that the outside world may never fully understand or appreciate, but we got to know who we are and we've got to know um, that we're more than what, you know, other people may assume or presume. Man, words to live by. It was awesome talking to you. Where can um, where can everybody check out your music and all the amazing things that you're doing in the world? Oh man, check me out on any musical platform that's available. Uh, and then I'm on social media. If you follow me, I'll take you somewhere. I'm not sure where I'll take you, but just follow <laughs> me. Okay, I'll take you somewhere. Uh, just L E C R A E on all social media platforms and uh and then you know play spider-man <laughs> you know miles morales and uh you'll you'll hear me there as well you know i'm there it's like it's like me but i'm not really there but i'm there you know emotionally he's there with you <laughs> exactly <laughs> awesome thank you so much yeah i appreciate it it's great great talking to you 
Big thanks again to Lecrae for coming back again to the show. Thank you, Lorraine, for doing that awesome interview. And of course, you can get the soundtrack to Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, the original video game soundtrack on vinyl from our pals at Mondo. It's out February 19th. I got actually got a got an early copy, which is pretty cool. Nice. Pretty cool. I uh, I don't yet have a PlayStation Five or the game yet. So if anybody wants to get me that PlayStation Five as <laughs> well, just hook your brother up. Every week, get it in my hands. You know, in by the year 2025, I'm sure we're gonna get one. Next week, we're gonna have on the musician Saint Bodie. She has a really great Storm story in the back of Black Panther, and she talks about how Storm is important to her. In the spirit of that, the question of the week this week is, who is your favorite Storm love interest? Who is your Storm O-T-P-1 true pairing for the win? F-T-W. I've got uh, acronyms. FYI, I'm here. Uh, we're choosing a Storm-related question of the week because St. Bodie will be talking about Storm a whole bunch in the interview. And St. Bodie has a Storm story in Black Panther number 23, which is really cool. All right. So... To me, there are three main relationships that I think of Mm -hmm. for Storm, and it's, of course, T'Challa, it is Logan, and it is your boy Forge. Forge, number one, get out of here. That's my personal opinion. Agreed. I, I like her with Wolverine. I'm always there for a short king and a tall queen, like... Love it. But I just think her and Black Panther are such a power couple. Like the sheer awesomeness of the two of them together. It's just like diamonds on diamonds. It's amazing. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. And I will do an extra plug and say if anybody hasn't read it yet, King in Black, Black Panther number one, which just came out, I think this week is one of my favorite comics of recent memory. And it is mostly Black Panther, but there's a storm Black Panther bit of business at the beginning that will break you. I can't wait to read it. It's real good. It's really good. It's really, really, really good. Dang, it's so good. But to Lorraine's question of the week, you can tweet your answers using hashtag this week in Marvel. Email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. And Lorraine, what do they got to do? Please tell us if it is quote unquote okay to read. Please put it in your tweet or your message so that we can read it here on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's dive right into our community section. First up, we've got a tweet from. Megan Yusuf at M Crooked Lettery. James going ape over Johnny Gargano is relatable. I get like that when I watch a match of his. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody loves wrestling now. No, I know. It's really crazy. Like a bunch of my girlfriends like have wrestling parties now. Royal Rumble, all of my comedy friends had like a big party where they all hung out with Zoom backgrounds like they were at the Royal Rumble. Very adorable. My favorite Royal Rumble tradition that some of my friends do, which is the wildest one, is that they'll get a whole bunch of people together. They'll pick a person like they'll do like a random lottery because the Royal Rumble is like 30 random people and and they come out and you don't know who's going to win and all this stuff. And so whatever person that they get, if that person does not win, they get a tattoo related to that person. Whoa. So I have friends with a bunch of like random bad wrestler tattoos. They make them fun and interesting, but like it's a it's a bananas thing to do. <laughs> I couldn't go through with that. Wow. I'm going to say yeah. no thank you from me. 
but like full support for anybody who's down with it. Next up, we have one from the tech lord at Lex Pendragon, which says, Catherine Grace, exclamation, 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 exclamation. Ah, a million exclamation points. One, 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 one. I guess Catherine Grace's little coos made it on last week's episode. I wondered if they would. That brings me great joy. I never know. That's great. She's currently probably struggling to not nap and Elizabeth is trying to get her to nap. Although being in the new house a little bit, she's getting great with it. We she's mm. she's sleeping through the night here. She's having good times. She's adjusting oh, quite good. well. I'm really glad. Sweet. We've got a tweet in here from our pal Karis Pollard at A Karis Pollard saying our this week in Marvel pick goes to Rise of the Valkyries and not just for Mr. Horse. There's some lovely character work and the joy on the new Valkyrie's face as she touches Earth is exquisite. They set up the next one so well, bring it on. And Karis had some pictures from the issue of Rise of the Valkyries. It's really, really good. That book is great. You've got wonderful talking horses and you've got badass Valkyries. What more can you Honestly, there is a part of me that grew up loving She-Ra writing her Pegasus, and it is fully just engaged and full of joy when I look at anything with Valkyries and the Rise of Valkyries in particular. I just, I live for it. I love in the old comics when they hang out like in a beer hall and, and they're all like, they all have like big <laughs> steins and they're just riding their flying horses being like, we're big women. And I'm like, I'm here. This is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a um, co-writer of that book, Torin Grunbeck, on my other show, Marvel's Pull List, nice. real soon. Everybody go check that out. Next up, we have one from Joe Carmagna at Joe Carmagna. You're so good on Marvel's Declassified, Lorraine. I love to listen. Keep up the great work. I hope all is well. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you, you guys. Thank you for listening to Marvel's Declassified. And thank you for this week in Marvel giving us so much space and love on this on our show over here too also shout out to joe joe is one of the hardest working letterers in comics he's also a great writer and he's just a wonderful dude at conventions he would bring like donuts around and and just smiles and joy and actually anybody who has seen marvel's 616 on disney plus and seen the marvel method episode will have seen joe in that episode they talked to him about working on iron man 2020 We got a tweet in here from Megan McCabe at Ms. Megan McCabe saying, this is crazy late. I just want to throw out my favorite D-list character. The award goes to Troll the Unhuman, an alien who died and his essence possessed a steam shovel. With a total of eight appearances, he may be more of a Z-list character. That is such a deep cut. It is actually on the other side of the planet. I, I love this character so much that I don't even know this character that well. Wow. I, I want love, more. I more. love a character that has like eight panels to their name. <laughs> it's so great. Next up, we have one from G.I. Joe at G.I. Joe Atlanta. Next up, we have one that says, thanks, brother. I was listening to a few Marvel podcasts with Lorraine Sink and other awesome Marvel people, and they said that the book was out and I had to get it. He's, of course, talking about the X-Men, the art and making of the animated series book, which is now out and everybody can read. And I'm so glad that you're enjoying it, Joe. The book is super cool. You have a your own copy, right, Ryan? I do. I do. It's like it's one of those books where I just want to like open it up and see it all the time, look at it and like enjoy it and like find little things and little details about one of my favorite shows of all time. It's great. It's really, really good. Highly recommend. Yeah. Lorraine, 
That's another week in the books. All right, this episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Alexis Williams, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos with help from Rye Dorsey. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. And Jill DeBoth is our director of audio. Special thanks to our sponsor, the Valkyries. Do you want to join the Valkyries? Are you a big buff woman who loves to drink out of a stein and ride a flying horse? Join the Valkyries. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Mark. Your universe.